0: the Lord, for Thy great plan That we thy dwelling place
1: may be
2: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called life study of the bible we're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry at the end of the program we'll give you the website where you can find out more about the remarkable ministry of these two men but for now we hope you enjoyed today's program a favorite topic of most believers is god's love a second favorite could easily be god's mercy but how about god's sovereignty how often do we appreciate and praise him for his sovereignty actually his mercy and his sovereignty very much go together for without seeing his sovereignty we can never fully appreciate his great mercy this is the lesson of god's dealing with pharaoh in the book of exodus here with us to get into this outstanding portion once again is dick taylor dick as always appreciate your being here today
1: good to be here and really to touch this matter of god's sovereignty
2: bible readers dick have had to ponder over this portion of the old testament of course the story is very well known But there are some interesting and even curious aspects to it, particularly regarding Pharaoh. He was quite a fellow, constantly changing in his attitude toward God and Moses. Let me read a verse from chapter 9, and this is verse 16. But indeed for this cause I have made you stand to show you my power and to have my name proclaimed throughout all the earth. Dick, this is a clear indication that there's more going on here behind the scenes, so to speak. What's happening here?
1: As you said, Chris... Pharaoh is unique. In this section of the word, we see these uh, 12 conflicts and 10 plagues, and we see God hardening Pharaoh's heart, and we see God even causing Pharaoh to stand. Even Pharaoh, who is negative, needed help from God to stand, <laughs> in a negative way, you could say. But these 12 conflicts with these 10 plagues transpiring In these negotiations between Pharaoh and Moses, we see God taking the opportunity to make his power known and to declare his name to the entire earth. That's what's happening behind the scenes. Apparently, there's just these conflicts and these plagues, and Moses is demanding, and Pharaoh is resisting and stubborn. But hallelujah for the life study. Behind the scene is something transpiring something to bring us to another angle of appreciation of our God, and that is his sovereignty. We'll see in this broadcast, God's sovereignty is really what's behind the scene.
2: Well, Dick, we're going to join that scene. Here's Witness Lee with today's life study.
0: God did have the patience to deal with such a person. Twelve conflicts. That means twelve Times, God sent Moses to negotiate, to deal with Pharaoh. Pharaoh was able to stand those negotiations because God made him stand. But this way, you could see God's sovereignty in two aspects. Number one, on the one hand, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And on the other hand, God strengthened Pharaoh to stand. God said, I have made you stand. God all the time hardened Pharaoh's heart. Not to be subdued. Not to submit himself to God daily. God hardened his heart. And God realized Pharaoh probably would not be that strong. Pharaoh would give up. So, God made him stand. That's what the reason that he was so strong. Pharaoh was unique in human history. In this one thing. You read your Bible. It's not a small thing. God came to a person 12 times. Day after day. But this man was never subdued. Because... God made him strong to stand this kind of exhausting negotiation. This was the reason that Paul, in Romans 9, said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will harden whom I will harden. Don't think God put Pharaoh aside that God wouldn't use him. No, no, no. Two persons there were both used by God. Moses was used. Pharaoh was used. So now you understand why God said, Pharaoh, I have made you stand in order to show you my power. Also, in order to declare my name through all the earth. It was through these 12 negotiations. It was through such a long period of dealing that God came in again and again and again 12 times with 10 plays that God was fully made known to us. In this aspect, to know God's love is easy, but to know God's sovereignty is not so easy. Sovereignty means absolute right absolute authority, absolute power, his sovereign. Sovereignty and mercy were all manifested there with two characters, two figures. Pharaoh for God's sovereignty, Moses for God's mercy. And these two figures were demonstrating God's sovereignty and mercy.
2: Dick, as we mentioned in the introduction today, we're talking about God's sovereignty and his mercy. In Exodus, the Lord uses this encounter between Moses and Pharaoh to convey both of these aspects of his being. And I want to ask you to comment on the point that it's very easy to know, or shall we say, appreciate God's love, but it's much more difficult to know and appreciate God's sovereignty.
1: That's true. And that's why God has given us this portion of the word. In fact, Our brother mentions that this section of Exodus is dedicated to showing forth God's sovereignty. It is easy to appreciate God's love, but how do you really see and appreciate God's sovereignty? It takes these 12 conflicts, 10 plagues, all the negotiating, the uh, demanding of Moses, the resisting by Pharaoh to actually see and appreciate God's sovereignty. So we need this whole section of the word. And what is God's sovereignty? God's sovereignty is his absolute right, his authority, his power. And that is, he can do what he wants to do. We need to appreciate this. We're not here to take a vote. God is sovereign, and that's it. We're here to say, amen. And in this case, with one person, he hardened his heart. With another, he showed mercy upon mercy upon mercy. So this section of God's Word unveils to us this precious point concerning God's sovereignty, one of his attributes. We do easily appreciate the attribute of love. You know, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son. But do we really appreciate his sovereignty? We can also pick up some appreciation of his sovereignty when we look at the book of Romans, chapter 9, 15, says, For to Moses he says, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy, and I'll have compassion on whomever I'll have compassion. So then he has mercy in verse 16. So then it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. 18. So then he has mercy on whom he wills, and he hardens whom he wills. These conflicts are really brought to light through Paul's writing in Romans chapter 9. The Lord uses Paul to unveil this attribute of God, that is, his sovereignty, showing that God has the full right to do whatever he wants to do. In fact, we brothers, while we're enjoying this broadcast, we're here appreciating the fact that God's sovereignty positively over us is to allow us to speak for him, to speak about him, to enjoy him, to turn to him, even to do this broadcast is God's sovereignty in a positive sense. On the other hand, when you see Pharaoh, that's God's sovereignty in a negative sense. He hardened his heart. But God will harden whom he will harden, and he will have mercy on whom he will have mercy. I hope all of you who are listening just appreciate God's sovereignty positively even over you this minute while you're driving, while you're sitting at home, wherever you are listening. Just the fact that you have a heart to listen is God's sovereignty in his mercy to you. We have to say hallelujah for this precious attribute of our God. Well, we're hearing a lot, Dick,
2: both in the verses that you've quoted and what we've heard in our message thus far. There is a connection between sovereignty and mercy, and really it takes one to fully appreciate the other. That's the focus of this coming section. Let's go back to Witness Lee.
0: When you worship God for his sovereignty, what comes on? This, I tell you you will say, Lord, I just worship your sovereignty because I fully realize your sovereignty just reflects your mercy. I am weak. I am also rebellious. But, Lord, thank you. I have a heart that always there to repent to you. Thank you, Lord. You have given me a softened heart. I tell you, if you don't know how to worship God for his sovereignty, you could never realize his mercy to you. We are under his sovereign mercy. When I was young, 19, 20, 21, 22, every morning was the good time for me to make confessions. The good time for me to repent. Every morning, it was a new beginning, yet I had something not so right. So, in the morning, just like every morning after you uh, rest up, you wash up yourself. In the same way, every morning, many young Christians, they would repent. They would have a spiritual washing up. This is mercy. You have never been destined to be a pharaoh. You all have been predestined to be sins of God, sins of mercy, to be sins of obedience, not sins of disobedience. Don't read these chapters as story pages. This is a very precious portrait showing us how sovereign God is. In the Bible, there is a section to show us God's sovereignty. We shouldn't let these pages go so easily. You have to ponder on these pages until you see, Oh, my Father, I just worship your sovereignty. For years and years, I worship you because you are so lovable. But I never worship you for your sovereignty. There is a section in this book showing me your sovereignty. Now I am one of your child because of your sovereign mercy. Our heart has been inclined by God's sovereign mercy to this very one whom we are seeking. We all have to see... God's sovereignty. We are today's Moses, we are not today's Pharaoh.
2: Dick, God's sovereignty and God's mercy. God needed Pharaoh to demonstrate his sovereignty. During the course of these 12 encounters, sovereignty is the primary aspect that the Lord is revealing. But then, of course, Moses demonstrates something else. Moses demonstrates God's mercy. So what does it mean, Dick, that without seeing God's
1: sovereignty, We could never really know His mercy. Because if you know God's sovereignty, you will thank Him for His mercy. How do we know and recognize His sovereignty and His mercy to us positively? We see it in the ability to repent. We see it in the fact that God has given us a softened heart. This is too precious. The fact that you have a desire to listen to this program— to hear God's word, the desire to call out on the Lord's name, Lord, I believe in you, I love you. This is God's sovereignty in his mercy. The more you see his sovereignty, that is, his absolute right, his power, his authority to harden whomever he wills and also to soften whomever he wills, the more you will appreciate and thank him for his mercy. The more we see His sovereignty and understand His sovereignty, the more we'll appreciate and thank Him for His mercy to us. So, as I mentioned earlier, even the fact that we, at this very moment, could turn our heart to the Lord, could be loving Him, could be hungry for Him and hungry for His Word, desirous that things between us and Him would be right, and the fact that we have the ability to repent, this is a real indication of God's sovereignty positively in his mercy. He has willed to cause us to be softened. He has overseen and he has the absolute authority to make us who we are. He has the absolute authority to make one person hard, to make another soft. And here we are, even during this broadcast, we're here as people who are soft to the Lord, turning to him, believing in him. This is to see God's sovereignty and to appreciate and to worship him even for his mercy.
2: Dick, it was touching, uh, even as Witness Lee was sharing, that there came a time in his life where he could very easily even worship God, not just for his love or mercy or grace, but worship him for his sovereignty. Uh, That struck me very deeply.
1: That's true. And it's the same with us. Even we're driving on the freeway, it's easy for us to want to call on the Lord, to want to sing, to want to listen to something related to the Lord, either a message or some hymns. Why? Because this is God's sovereignty. This is his mercy in softening us toward him. So I appreciate so much his sovereignty in this positive sense toward us, showing us his mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy to us.
2: Well, Dick, let's go back to Witness Lee as we conclude our Life Study message today.
0: What is the right way for us to work for God? The right way for us to work for God is just to represent God, to be sent by God like Moses. The right way is not to labor. Here in this chapter, chapter 11, it says to this point, Moses became a great person. In the eyes of Pharaoh. In the eyes of all Egyptians. Why? This old man. He didn't fight. He didn't even work so hard. He just came. Actually, he never came on his own. Every time he came representing God. He never said a word to Pharaoh of his own. He always said, Pharaoh, Jehovah, our God, told me to say something to you. Jehovah said, Jehovah wanted you. You see, Pharaoh was there not listening to Moses. Pharaoh was there listening to God. Pharaoh was not dealing with Moses. Pharaoh was dealing with God. Moses was a real ambassador of God. He was the real sent one. We don't need to do that much. We don't need to endeavor that much. I don't mean that we have to be idle. We have to be lazy, but not in the secular way. We better spend time to contact the Lord, to spend time to pray, even not to pray for our work. To pray to contact Him, to pray to touch His heart, to pray to sense what is His feeling. To spend time in his presence until your being will be saturated with his being and he will send you. This is the right way. We don't need to run too much. It is not up to him that runs, neither up to him that wills, but up to the one who shows forth his mercy. We have to represent him. We must be his sent ones. We, the sin ones of God, must have the assurance that when we go out, we go out representing God. We are nothing, but we represent someone. We don't say our own word, we don't do our own work, and we don't pray for ourselves. We just are one. We are the burning bush, and God, the Lord is burning fire. The fire and the bush became one in the burning. We are the bush, and he is the fire burning. And we and he are one. When this burning is going on, it's hard to say who is who. It's hard to say whether this is the bush or the fire. Actually, they are one. We must have the assurance that when we go out, we go, representing the very one whom we serve and whom we represent. And we must have the assurance we are not going out by ourselves. This is the proper way to work for God, to work for the Lord. This portion of the world, you could see two figures, Pharaoh, a stubborn one. And Moses, you may see this, was the one making God manifest to people. And Moses was the one representing God, executing God's will.
2: Dick, this was a very strong word, especially for those who serve the Lord full time. We're talking about the way to work for God, and we heard a lot. But the short version is that the way to work for God is not to labor for him, but just to represent him. Dick, how do we become the ones who are qualified to represent God?
1: Like you said, Chris, the Lord's desire is not that we just merely outwardly labor or endeavor, but we would be his representatives. We would be God's representatives mainly by spending more time with him in prayer. The more we practice to contact him, opening our whole being to him, the more we become one with him. We actually become his ambassadors, his representatives. Even the word apostle in the New Testament just means sent one. So the key here is that we would be people who spend much time contacting him. Then we're not just doing an outward labor or an outward endeavoring, but we're actually in oneness with God, and we're there. Whatever work we're doing, we're doing as God's representative. Our brother in this portion brings us to this Favorite verse of mine, 1 Corinthians six seventeen. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. God's desire is that we don't just labor outwardly or merely endeavor. Even in doing this broadcast, we brothers don't desire just to labor in an outward way or endeavor in an outward way. But we desire more than anything at this moment to be one with God through contacting him, touching him, enjoying him. And we'd like to just remind everybody, we've been much helped through this ministry. One of the main things we've gotten help with is just to contact the Lord. One of the simplest ways to contact him is just to say, Oh, Lord Jesus, I really love you. As we practice to pray, contact him, and not even just to pray about so many things, but just to enjoy him, Spontaneously, we become united with Him in a living way. We become one with Him. Then we are God's representative. We're His ambassador. We are the little apostles, the sent ones, bringing God to man. This is the real work. This is the real endeavoring. It means we're in oneness with God Himself. Then God can fulfill His eternal purpose. May we be those who don't just outwardly endeavor and labor, but those who spend much time to love the Lord, contact the Lord, and be with Him in our spirit in prayer. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit.
2: Dick, I was thinking as you were speaking about that passage or that portion in the Gospels, and I believe it's Matthew, where many came to the Lord and said, Lord, Lord, haven't we done many things in your name? And what was his response, Dick?
1: His response was, I never knew you, which means... There was no intimacy between them and Him. They were just doing their labor, they were just doing their endeavoring without Him. God's desire is that we contact Him, love Him, spend much time with Him in prayer. In this way, we intimately, affectionately, and genuinely know Him, and even we're one with Him. So whatever we do, we are in oneness with the God of the universe who is carrying out His heart's desire. May we all desire to be one with him and exercise our spirit to have such a living that we would be God's representatives. Amen. Dick,
2: this has been a very enjoyable life study as I think all of these ones in Exodus have been and certainly as always appreciate your being part of it. Today for Dick Taylor, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee ministered the Word of God for over seven decades. Many consider these life studies as his seminal work, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Spirit. If you'd like to find more about Witness Lee, these life study messages are or any of the materials provided by Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org. That's lsm.org. You can also email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. Thanks for listening today.